Amen. I want to give honor to our pastor, uh, Pastor Myers. Don't you love our pastor? Hallelujah. He's ministering in Cincinnati, I believe, this morning. So let's uh, just pray for him that he'll have a great time there. And He's an awesome minister. Amen. And it's a little intimidating to try to preach in his pulpit. Amen. But uh, the word of God is always good. Amen. So let's just pray for not just uh, his service, but also for his service. Let's do that right now. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We pray that you would move in a mighty way, oh God, in Cincinnati. And has, you'll just touch our pastor today, anoint him in a powerful way. See ministers there. God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence that we feel in this place here today. And we pray that you will do the same amongst us today. Let your will be done, and we will give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. I ran across this article that says that according to the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, while both male and female reindeer grow antlers in summer each year, male reindeer drop their antlers at the beginning of winter, usually late November to mid-December. Female reindeer retain their antlers till after they give birth in the spring. So according to every historical rendition depicting that little round guy in a red suit and his reindeer, every single one of them from Rudolph to Blitzen had to be a girl. I'm just saying... The more we look into this, the more I'm questioning whether this whole thing has any reality to it or not. I hope my daughter-in-law is in here somewhere because she's 26 years old and she's still a believer in all that, I think. <laughs> Amen. Lay hands on her, yes. Praise God. But we have to go through a lot of junk, don't we, the Christmas season, to find out what Christmas is really all about. Now, I turn your attention to the screens today for the true meaning of Christmas. They're hopeless, Charlie Brown. Completely hopeless. Rats. You've been dumb before, Charlie Brown, but this time you really did it. <laughs> what a treat. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel 
a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Amen. Linus quoting from Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, he says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Everybody say all people. In Luke chapter 2 verse 14, he said, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men or mankind. This just simply means goodwill toward men. That his thoughts or his intentions toward mankind is good. Amen. God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah says this. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace. How many could use a little peace in your life right now? Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. He says, I have good thoughts towards you. This is my will towards man. He says, I don't want evil to come upon you. I, I have an expected end. I've got a future for you. Amen. If we continue to read in Luke chapter 2, Jesus is being taken to the synagogue by his parents at a very early age. I don't, they're met there by a man by the name of Simeon. This is when he's just an infant. They're taking him there. Um, to fulfill the law. A man by the name of Simeon meets them there. And Simeon had been spoken to by the Holy Spirit that he was not going to die until he saw the Messiah. And so Simeon sees Jesus and right away his spirit quickens him. And he realizes that now he has seen the salvation of God. Luke chapter 2 verse 30 says, For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared, hallelujah, before the face of all, everybody say all, of all people, that means me, that means you, hallelujah, all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of all the people of Israel. I want to take my thought from a few verses even further down in Luke chapter 2 verses 34 and 35. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. And verse 35 is what really stuck out to me. It's like a couple months ago. You know how you read the Word of God and the Word of God just speaks to you like it's never had before in all your reading? I read it. All the time, Luke's my favorite gospel, and I read it all the time. But verse 35 jumped out to me. He's prophesying to Mary, and he says, Yea, a sword's going to pierce your own soul. That's talking about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. The pain that he went through. They beat him. They mocked him. And they hung him upon that tree, that cross. Aren't you thankful he went for, to the cross for us? 
But he says, you know, your soul's going to be pierced through. Can you imagine, especially mothers today? She watched all of that. She was there through all of that. She followed it all through. And she didn't know at that time what was, what was actually being said to her. But that's what Simeon was saying to her. A sword shall be pierced through thy own soul. And this is what stood out to me. It said that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So that the thoughts of many hearts. This was the reason that Jesus came and went to the cross. He went to the cross for you and for me. And this is my message this morning. You are the reason for the season. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you're the reason for the season. Come on, look at the other person on the other side of you. Tell them, you are the reason for the season. Point to yourself. Talk to yourself. You are the reason for the season. Hallelujah. Revealed. That our hearts might be revealed. It means to take the cover off of. And since we're in the Christmas season, I would just like to say it means unwrapping the heart. Hallelujah. Jeremiah gives us a little insight into the actual heart. It says, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Desperately wicked. Who can know it? Do you realize that we cannot even know our own heart? That saying that you see in all these love movies or whatever that says, just follow your heart. That's a bunch of baloney. And it's not the word of God. Your heart will lead you down the wrong direction. But we can unwrap our heart before God. That's his great gift to us. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, the intentions, even to give every man according to his way and according to the fruit of his doings. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that God has come so that we can unwrap our heart before him? Amen. We don't even know our own heart. He said, it's the deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? And when I read that, you know, I just thought about years ago when I was 19 years old and I was an alcoholic and I didn't know God. And I always get choked up when I think about it. And I always want to get choked up when I think about it. Because when I was 19 years old, God delivered me from alcohol I didn't know who I was or what direction life was anywhere. You know, I didn't even know anything. Life wasn't even worth living. But one day Jesus came, hallelujah, and touched my heart. I never shall forget that day, hallelujah, when all the burdens of my soul were rolled away. Oh, my goodness. It's such a gift that he has given to me and to you today that our hearts can be revealed. Amen. I can remember as an eight-year-old boy, not even really, not in church, not knowing much about church, but kneeling down one day on a Christmas Eve, saying my prayers at night. And I said, oh God, don't ever let me forget the true meaning of Christmas. Even at eight years old, I could understand that there was more to it than all the hoopla and all the shine and all the glitter. Amen. But I prayed to God that he would never let me forget that. 
And I stand here today to thank the Lord, hallelujah, that he was true to that prayer. Hallelujah. That God has opened up my heart. Hallelujah. That I might see who I really am. He came for you and I. He came for our hearts, church. In Luke chapter 4, this is the beginning of his ministry. He takes the word from the person there in the synagogue and begins to read it. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's speaking about himself, reading from the word. He said, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. To preach deliverance to the captive. Oh, thank God. Aren't you thankful for that? That doesn't mean just the deliverance from somebody that's in prison or behind bars, but that means we are captive by our own actions sometimes and the addictions that this life throws our ways. But he has come, hallelujah, that we can have deliverance. I want you to know this morning that you're, if you're here today and you're bound by alcohol or drugs or cigarettes or sexual perversion or anything of that sort, I want you to know that this season is the reason that Jesus Christ came. He came for you. Hallelujah. And you can have deliverance. He's come to set the captive free. Amen. Can anybody give me an amen that you've been delivered? Hallelujah. That God sets you free from something in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. Hallelujah. That he came. That our hearts could be revealed. The recovering of sight to the blind. And yes, he can heal a literal blinded eye. But I believe it's more than just that. But we might have an understanding of the word of God. I remember when after I'd received the Holy Ghost and I began to read the word. And how it was just a different Bible to me. It was lit up. Hallelujah. Because he recovered the sight of the blind. And he's here to set at liberty them that are bruised. Amen. You've ever been bruised in your life through the things of this life and the hardships that come our way? I want you to know that this is the reason for the season. You are the reason for the season. He said it's, he was here to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. In other words, now is the time and 2,000 years later, I can preach from this same book and tell you, now is the time. Hallelujah. Now is the, the, the day of your deliverance. Now is the day. Today can be the day of your enlightening. Hallelujah. Today can be the day of your healing. He closed the book. He gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Look at your neighbor and tell him you are the reason for the season. The gospel of John, he gives a little different account. He really doesn't tell of the actual birth story like Luke did. <clears throat> John just simply says in John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light 
of man. That word, word, simply means the plan or the thought of God. In the beginning was his thought. Goodwill toward you and me. Hallelujah. In the beginning, hallelujah, was the plan. And the plan was with God. And the plan was God. And this is John's account of the birth of Jesus Christ. He just simply says in John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word was made flesh. The thought, the plan of God was made flesh. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is not some second or third person in a trinity, folks. He is the, the thought expressed by Almighty God. Hallelujah. You can't contain God in just a six-foot frame of a man. Amen. But God prepared himself a body, amen, that he might come and to relate to his creation, you and I, and that he could die for our sins, hallelujah, and to let us know that we are the reason for this season. He said the word was made flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 18 says, No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him, which simply means to consider out loud. Jesus Christ is the expression of God. He said, I'm going to prepare myself a body. I'm going to go down to my creation. I'm going to die for them. Hallelujah. And he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, hallelujah, that came, died for our sins, rose again, hallelujah. He's the one that's preparing a place for us, and you are the reason for the season. So what's our part? We know what he did. John 1, 12 tells us, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. I want to be a son of God. Amen. He says if we receive him, hallelujah, he gives us that power to become the sons of God. How do we receive him? We accept him. It means receiving it denotes a more violent term. If you look it up, it means to siege. Hallelujah. When you receive him, it's just not saying, oh, Lord Jesus, I receive you into my life. It's the, I need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I need everything about God. I'm, I'm seizing the moment and I'm taking hold of what I know about God. It's accepting him, not just with our words, but in our hearts and in our thoughts. God gives us this great gift of being able to unwrap the heart, that the heart can be unwrapped. Hallelujah. I talked about it a little bit this morning, but that is repentance. To exercise the mind and to comprehend. To repent. To come to a true repentance. Such a powerful term that we just kind of get kind of gets lost in the, all the phrase and the wordology or whatever you want to call it of church talk. But repentance, folks, is the unwrapping of the heart where you just lay it upon the altar and you just pray and say, God, uh, 
you know, I, I don't even know myself, and I, I don't know where I'm at or why I'm here, and I don't know, understand why I'm doing the things that I'm doing, God, but I, I want to repent, and I need your help, Almighty God. And it's to exercise our mind, uh, to comprehend, and he, He's given us that gift uh, to reach down into each and every one of our hearts, hallelujah, to unwrap it and to become real, Amen. It's such a great thing that we live in a world that there's so much facade and people put masks on, right? And our heart gets hardened and, and we have situations in our lives and people have hurt us. And so we build a wall around us to protect the heart. But Jesus said, I have come, hallelujah, that you might be delivered, hallelujah, from the captivity of your own captive. Amen. He says, I want to deliver you. We need to repent to unwrap that heart before God. In Acts chapter 2, verse 37, it says, Now they, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts, said unto the Peter and to rest the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter's preaching to them. We all know this verse. But he's preaching to them on the first day of when the church began. And they got pricked. He said, You know, Jesus was the Messiah, and you crucified him. And they got convicted. They got convicted. They asked Peter and the rest of the brethren, what shall we do? Peter said unto them, you got to repent. Repent. Open up that heart to God. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise, oh hallelujah, is unto you. You are the reason for the season. The promises to you, to your children, to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. He's done the work. He's came. He's given us that ability to unwrap the heart before him. But we've got to be the one that exercises. We have to be the one that unwraps that great gift that he's promised to us. The psalmist wrote in 116, he said, What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits, for all his gifts towards me? I will take the cup. This is what I will do. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. God's done all this for us. He just simply wants us to receive it. Hallelujah. He just simply wants us to see to call upon the name of the Lord, I'm going to call that baptism. And now why tarriest thou, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. I want you to know that if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, right behind this wall, we have a baptismal. It's heated. We've got a robe you can change into. It's very comfortable. Amen. But you can be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Calling upon his name. Amen. For the remission of sins. It's symbolic, folks, of the washing away of our sins. And the taking on the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Baptism is where the name of Jesus is applied. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world, or Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God. There it is again. 
Jesus is just the image of God, should shine upon them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For who? For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He has shined in your heart. I want you to know you're not here by mistake this morning. You are here by divine invitation from God Almighty. And he's trying to get into your heart. Amen. The word of God is what does it. Sometimes we just come in nonchalantly and we think, I'd just like to hear a good sermon, feel good. It's Christmas time. I'll go hear what they have to say. But the word of God is quick and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints of marrow, and it is, is a discerner, hallelujah, of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him to whom we have to do. I want you to know today, and to remind you, you probably already know it, but that God knows all things. Our hearts are open to him already. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we're, we really need. Amen. He knows what is really uh, will make us happy, give us life, and not just life, but that more abundantly. You are the reason for the season. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell him you are the reason for the season? Here's the problem. We have a hard time forgiving ourselves, don't we? It's a hard time breaking. It's all one of the hardest things that you'll ever do, really, is to repent. But it's the greatest thing that you'll ever do. Repent, letting God in. Because the enemy is going to fight against you all the way. But Jesus came to make that way. We're held captive by our own thoughts and our own fears and our own past. The hard knocks of life. But can I remind somebody this morning that God does not despise your weakness? God's not afraid of your weakness. Neither does he despise it. He knows all about you. Amen. I read about this little bird. His name was Chippy. And he was a parakeet. And he never saw it coming. One minute he was peacefully perched in his cage. And the next he was... Sucked in, washed up, and blown over. The owner decided one day to clean the cage that Chippy stayed in with the vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the cage. And she had barely gotten it in the cage when the phone rang. She turned to pick up the phone and barely said hello and <laughs> Chippy got sucked in. The owner gasped, hung up the phone, turned off the vacuum, opened up the, the bag, and there was Chippy, still alive, but stunned. Dust and soot, she grabbed him, raced him to the bathroom, turned on the faucet, and held the bird under the running water. Then realizing Chippy was about to drown, she pulled him out from underneath the water, soaked and shivering. 
when she did what any compassionate owner would do, she reached for the hairdryer and blasted that little parakeet with the hot air. Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days later, the reporter who wrote about the event contacted the owner to see how the bird was recovering. Well, the owner said, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. Not hard to see why when you've been sucked in, washed up, and blown over. That'd be hard for even the strongest of hearts here today. Amen. And I just have this question, have you ever felt like Chippy? I think we all have. Life has a way of doing that. Suck you in and wash you up and blow you over. Amen. But God understands. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us that we have a treasure that he wants to give us that's in an earthen vessel. And I don't know where your life has taken you. But one of the greatest things that we have in this life is God's Holy Spirit. And we not, do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet he was without sin. But he knows and he understands Micah said it best, he said, therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. I want you to know that God created each and every one of you. He is your God, whether you recognize him or not. But you can look unto the Lord today and you say, God is my salvation. My God will hear me. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. Hallelujah. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. But we have this treasure, oh, thank you, Jesus, in an earthen vessel, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus Christ might be made manifest in our body. I want you to know that you are the reason for the season and that you don't need to look for anything, a bed of roses or anything easy Whatever, where did we ever come up with the concept that it ought to just be an easy trail from here to heaven? It sure isn't in the Word of God. It's struggle. It's commitment. It's perseverance. You got to keep on keeping on. And he says the things that you're experiencing are there for a reason. When you go through those things and you keep coming to church and praising God even though you're going through it, it's because the light of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, is shining through you. He's using you, hallelujah. After he gets a hold of our heart, he's not done with this. He says, I want to use you to reach out to somebody else that's desperate that needs to open up their heart to me. And so this treasure this in the earthen vessel it's in this flesh. This is our problem here, our flesh. He knows he's designed it that way, but he's given us this great gift 
the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm with you now. He told his disciples, I'm with you now. But he said, I'm going to be in you. And when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like they did in the Word of God, speaking in other tongues, it is the greatest gift you'll ever experience. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The question is, will you let him in? Amen. He says, after that, you shall receive power. As many as received him, he said to them, gave he the power to become the sons of God. You can live for God. You are the reason for the season. Can you open up your heart today to Jesus Christ? Can you unwrap your heart? I don't care if you've been in church for one day or 55 years. God's still trying to reach into our heart, helping us to just be real and unwrap it unto him. Amen? Can you open up your heart to him? Let's all stand. Revelation records this. He says in chapter 3, verse 18, I counsel thee, he says, I'm counseling thee, to buy me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and with and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thy eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door, and I knock. He's there. He knows the plan. He knows this thought. He knows he's given us this great ability to unwrap our hearts to him. But at the same time, he doesn't bust his way in. He's just standing, standing at that door. He said, I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door. Oh, hallelujah. It'll be the best thing you ever done. Hallelujah. Open the door to Jesus Christ. He said, I will come into him. He'll come into our hearts. He'll reveal to us all that junk and the smire and all the mess that's in he'll reveal who we really are hallelujah he said i'll come into them and sup with them he doesn't stop there and but he then he says and then i you will sup with me we'll get this great revelation hallelujah of who he is and where he wants to take his church oh hallelujah this is the greatest thing going my friend amen he said to him that overcometh Will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as also I am set down with my Father in his throne? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. Amen. I want to remind somebody today, you are the reason for the season. Amen. I wonder if we could all gather around the front this morning. I encourage you, young and old, church or unchurched, to come and to open up your heart to the Lord. Allow Him into your heart today. Do the work that only He can do in our lives. Amen. And let Jesus into your heart. You are the reason for the season. Jesus is reaching for each and every one of us here today. He wants to come into our hearts and into our lives. Amen. And deliver us. Amen. To give us that great gift. Amen, of his spirit within us. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Let's come before him. Let's lift up our hands right now. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Some of you are a little slow in getting up here, but I want you to know God's reaching for you right now. Jesus, 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 we love you, Lord. We need you this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We glorify your name. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Say 